Welcome to the Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Paul Kosasa is an American businessman and philanthropist. He's the president and CEO of ABC Stores, a chain of resort convenience stores throughout Hawaii, Las Vegas, and Guam. ABC Stores was founded by Paul's parents, Sydney and Minnie Kosasa, in 1964. Paul is a graduate of the University of Michigan, BS Electrical Engineering. He started his career in food retailing, working for a foods company, a supermarket chain in Los Angeles. In 1980, he moved back to Hawaii to work for his family company, ABC Stores. Starting from the bottom as a trainee, Paul worked in various divisions, warehouse, store operations, purchasing, merchandising, and administration. And in 1999, Paul was appointed president and CEO. He is today the president of the Kosasa Foundation, a private charitable organization. He also sits on the board of directors of Central Pacific Financial Corporation, the fourth largest bank in Hawaii, and serves as the governance chair. His other activities include serving on numerous non-profit boards and occasional games of golf. He's married to his wife, Lisa, and they have two children, Lindsay and Ian. Hello. It's so nice to see you. Hi, Joe. Yeah, good seeing you too. It's been a while. Um, You know, I love part of your story, and I know your story quite well because we've had lots of conversations over the years, but it, it's always just such a powerful one to me. But I love the fact that you came back and you did that thing that family businesses always say you should do, put you to work at the bottom and work all the way through. Was that something at the time that you wanted to do too, or was it just like, if you want to come into the business, you start here? Yeah, so uh, my parents were fairly uh, flexible. <clears throat> they didn't uh, force me into the business. As I was growing up, they pretty much allowed me to choose my own calling. Um, and so as the bio shows, I took electrical engineering. And uh, I was envisioning myself being an engineer uh, doing you know, designing, you know, components and those kinds of things. Um, because at that time, that was kind of the future with uh, computer computer engineering and that kind of stuff. But um, as I was growing up, uh, I always worked in the stores um, in the summer times and on the vacations. And I got to know the employees of, of the company. And there was a time uh, probably as I was finishing school that uh, I felt this yearning to get back into to uh, working with those people um, because I saw how my parents took care of them and how they took care of the company. And the, we have a you know, wonderful legacy uh, of you know, catering to our customers and, and visitors. So uh, my dad did call me up and says, you know, why don't you try it? And so I said, okay, I will. And um, it wasn't that it wasn't arm twisting or anything like that. It was uh, something that I really wanted to do anyway. And I think with the engineering background, it helped me um, help the company think more progressively in technology so that we could grow. So you must have in a way enjoyed starting as a trainee because you got to be close to all of those people that you had been missing and that you thought about when you were away. Yeah, I think um, the way I was raised is that you have to earn your respect. 
And uh, I wouldn't have had it any other way to start from the bottom as a stock clerk or as a trainee and um, work really hard and prove, it was really self-pressure to prove to myself that you know I could do the work. And um, uh, over time, I think all the cashiers and, and managers recognize that, uh, yeah, he's he cut his teeth with, you know, doing hard work uh, along with us in the trenches. So uh, when it became time for me to become uh, to be anointed, I suppose, as president and CEO, um, there was there was a uh, full support. So that made it much easier. One of the things about your family values that you've you always comment on how strong they are. Obviously, they came from your parents. Um, your father was a very well-respected man in the community. Growing up, did your dad just always have, and, and your mom, did they always have this kind of, this sort of humble understanding of how you treat other people well? Was it just instinctive in them? Um, <laughs> you know, as growing up, I really didn't know what they did, you know, precisely. And I didn't know how uh, my father was um, a leader in various uh, community organizations um, because, you know, as a kid, you just not that interested, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, but um, other people would tell me uh, about my parents. And, and so that's how I learned about them. Uh, and I guess that humbleness is, you know, they don't, they don't tell the kids what they do or how much effect they're having on the community. Um, but when other people tell you, then, then it probably uh, makes me more aware of how hard they, they uh, work to support us, the children. And that uh, shaped, shaped my values quite a bit. So I do the same thing to my children to make sure that um, I don't, they, they hear it from their friends or from their other uh, colleagues about what I do. So uh, I think it works well. I, I think it does work very well. Um, the company, of course, ABC Stores, has, is now kind of famous for the, the way you treat your staff, not just the way you treat them, but they don't leave. I mean, you have staff who just never leave your company. What's the longest serving employee at this point? Oh, it's probably in the 40, 45 years uh, range. And, <clears throat> and how many employees do you guys have now? We probably have about 1,500 plus employees. In, we lost a few as a result of the pandemic, but that's, mm -hmm. you know, everybody, everybody suffered during the pandemic. Right. In fact, someone was talking the other day about um, businesses that thrived and survived. And, and I, I jumped in on the conversation and someone said, oh, yeah, ABC stores, you know, had the worst time. And I said, but ABC stores had something that other people don't have. They had loyalty of incredible staff members i said and i haven't spoken i hadn't spoken to you yet i said but i hadn't spoken to paul but i'll bet you that that was something that you're able to draw on as soon as the the incredible disaster happened in 2020 we can't have a conversation without talking about that so might you know, as well I, I think uh well we did lose a few we, we did lose employees but um 
I think one of the toughest uh, challenges in businesses today, um, any business, is getting the trust of your employees because of scandals or you know negative publicity. You know, employees can be very cynical of of uh, corporate leadership. Uh, so, you know, in our company, we have to work doubly hard to communicate to our employees, uh, which we call associates. Um, particularly for myself, I would have to be, I have to be visible to them, uh, visiting the stores, talking to them, um, to earn their trust. And it doesn't always work, but, uh, the odds are in your favor that if, uh, the CEO does manage by wandering around, um, talking to, uh, the frontline people, uh, it helps build that trust. So whenever there is a disaster or some kind of crisis, uh, the words that come out of the CEO's mouth becomes a little more valued. They they trust you more. Uh, doesn't always work, but uh, it's it's uh, it helped us. And I think it's one of the one of the lessons that I think <clears throat> uh, we learned that it the communication is vitally important. And you can't under-communicate. You, I mean, you can't over-communicate. You have to keep communicating. It's, since 1964, when your parents started the stores, you, you have weathered many storms and, and seen many crises happen. It just happens throughout, throughout business. But I'm guessing that there was nothing that you'd experienced like March of 2020. How did that unfold for you, Paul? I mean, was it like one morning did you realize... This is really looking serious. The next morning, the store started to close. Can can you recall what the actual kind of events were? Yeah, March twenty twenty. What a <clears throat> what a terrible time that was. <laughs> uh, the one thing that's you know other other crises in the past, you know, you can sort of tell that you know it's something it's coming up, right? Uh, whether it's a uh, uh, a port strike or uh, airline strike or um, a hurricane, you know, you, ha- you sort of know ahead of time that it's, it's going to happen. Uh, and while the pandemic was starting to, to uh, rise quite rapidly, um, I wasn't, we weren't ready for the impact, you know, where they just shut down tourism completely. <clears throat> and so uh, <clears throat> that was, that was earth shattering for us. I mean, you know, we had to close most of our stores. Um, and then the, the, how do we take care of our employees? You know, and, um, uh, I do, I am gratified by the federal government <laughs> that they did support, uh, through, um, unemployment insurance and, and other programs, uh, that help businesses. And, um, we took advantage of that, but we didn't, we didn't take it like as an advantage. We we took it like okay, this is this is something that's special. So we got to make sure we can um, use whatever aid there is so that we can survive. And if we do things correctly, we will survive. Um, we also had the good fortune of you know having reserves in our bank so that uh, we could use those reserves for a rainy day. It's more of like a storm uh but that helped us too that teaching those teachings came from my parents you know they always said you know you got to keep good reserves um and so that 
that really kept us going. Um, and the fact that um, even though we had many employees that were not working, um, that when as tourism started to recover uh, and we started opening stores back up again, that they came back. And so we were fortunate that uh, most of our employees did come back. How did it take a toll on you personally? Because sometimes it's in the times of greatest crisis that we realize things about ourselves. And and there are many people, I think, who feel, well, I can cope with anything because I came through that. How did you feel personally? I mean, here you are, you're the CEO of this enormous company. You're right on the forefront of a pandemic and you have so many people to take care of while you're witnessing. I mean, any of us who walked through Waikiki during March, it was like Armageddon. I mean, it, we never, ever have seen anything like it. You're f right in the firing line, just you. How was that? Uh, yeah, I would, it was pretty stressful. Um, but I, you know, you got to always have some hope, uh, in your, in your mental state, uh, that this is not going to last forever. Uh, there will be, there will be a time when it gets better. Um, and, and so that, that helped me. I mean, I, you know, exercise, eating well, you know, those basic kinds of mm -hmm. things always is, is good for, for you. Um, and uh, to have a perspective mentally that uh, we'll get through this, you know, may take some time, but I think a positive attitude, and it sounds cliche, but, you know, you got to have some kind of faith that it's going to get better. Um, you know, my parents were interned in internment camp during World War II. I mean, they were basically imprisoned and yet they started this company. And so I would think back saying, well, if they can go through that and, and build a successful business, this is nothing. Mm -hmm. So I kind of look at the lessons of the past to help me cope with the present time. When, um, this, when March 2020 happened, the pandemic, really you were at the height of, of receiving tourists into the stores like never before. I mean, we just hit that 10.9 million mark or whatever um was there a sense were you starting to think oh my goodness this is a lot of people this is like there are really almost too many people walking the streets in Waikiki did that did that thought occur to you or was it just business was just booming as people were coming oh you mean during the after, no pre-pandemic pre pre-pandemic because where I'm going with this is that we were at a pre-pandemic level of just you know 10.9 million people coming into the islands then we went to nothing I mean, mm -hmm. to give us amazing contrast. And now it's coming back. I just wondered if pre-pandemic, if there was a thought in any of the, I think the businesses in Waikiki are the ones that feel it the most. There was just so many people there. And then nothing. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, that's what the pandemic did. Uh, you know, I always look at the crises as learning opportunities or, um, you know, it was it was bad, but uh, I look at it as, hmm, what can we learn from this? Um, and we, you know, tourism was just going crazy in 2019. And as I look back and said, well, maybe the pandemic did us a favor that 
uh, now we look at tourism as something that um, is is can't be like infinite growth, right? You, you have to sustain the the environment and um, the amount of visitors that do come. And let's take a step back and look at how do we um, frame tourism as a benefit to our community and not something that we don't want anymore because they're, you know, trashing the environment or, you know, they're overusing it and destroying parts of the, our, our culture or whatever, whatever the, the issue is. Um, so I think from that perspective, I think it, uh, it, it made us look at ourselves uh, for the positive thing going forward. So what is the amount of tourists that's appropriate? I don't know. Um, Waikiki, of course, is the urban core of tourism. And I personally, I think that's where it belongs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the uh, rural areas should remain rural. Um, and if you want to come to vacation, yeah, you can stay in Waikiki and you can visit the rural areas. Uh, and so, um, you know, I'm chair of the Waikiki Business Improvement District Association. And our job is to make sure that Waikiki stays safe and clean and inviting for our visitors so that when they do stay there, uh, they have a great time and they have choices. You know, they can go hiking and, uh, do surfing and all those kinds of things. But, uh, as long as their home base, Waikiki, is nice, then that, that's a good place to be. The choices that they have now when they come into ABC stores are hugely different. Under your leadership, you not only brought your electrical engineering and your, your critical thinking into the stores, but you've really changed them. I mean, the food service now in ABC stores, the way you package and grab and go foods for people, the partnerships with the chefs, um, the basalt, Duke's Lane, all of those things, very innovative, uh, very exciting in their own right in, in the food industry. Was that something that you always wanted to do as well, or did that happen organically? Uh, it happened naturally, I think. Um, actually, it started with my father, and he, in his mind, um, food is, because it's consumable, um, shoppers have to come back and shop. So as opposed to a t-shirt, once you buy a t-shirt, you know, it'll last a long, long time. Uh, so, uh, that, that kind of, uh, concept, uh, just, you know, started with, when I, when we opened, uh, our Waikoloa store, um, Island Gourmet Markets in, in Waikoloa, Big Island. And uh, it was a risk, but we kind of experimented that way. Um, and in this business, we, we do experimentation. So we, we try different concepts. And, uh, and then we, we hone those concepts to get better and better and better. Um, it's, like, uh, it's like your golf game. If you practice more, you, odds are you get better. Uh, so we kept practicing uh, on our food service business. Um, we expanded to the restaurant, which is a crazy, crazy business. Um, but we learn, uh, and if you learn from your people, uh, then I think that helps our sustainability. It's not easy though. It's, (laughs) it's, it's really hard actually. Um, 
but it's rewarding because it's, you know, it, people like it. And for people who are not aware, because I think you've done such an amazing job of, of really immersing yourself in the food industry, Duke's Lane and all of the, uh, the, the associated food hubs within it are all ABC store owned. And right, if you walk through Duke's Lane right to the back, there's a beautiful bar and the restaurant Basalt, which is a full-on casual fine dining restaurant that really does fabulous food, has a great open kitchen. I know that's a lot of work to run, but it really is a good restaurant. And local people who discover it really, really enjoy it. Oh, thank you. Yep. No, I think you should know that because I know it's really hard work to run that, but it's a it's just a great concept. And um, I think what what you've the growth that you've experienced, you know, since your father, since your parents opened the stores has been really um, something that's so admirable because there are many people who would have just kept ABC stores within the confines of just, you know, tourist things and stuff they need for the beach and you know, liquor and that's it. But the growth that you've brought is so impressive. And, you know, as someone who's in the food industry, I always, wherever I travel, I always look for your stores, you know, on the neighbor islands and go into island gourmet markets because just the way you understand the offerings that people want, I think is really impressive. I really enjoy watching how you guys evolve. Is there more? Are you, is your, is your toe dipping into the restaurant industry? Has that been enough or do you have the desire to do more? Yeah, that's unknown yet. I mean, we have two restaurants. Uh, The other one besides Basalt is Lineage, Lineage. which is on Maui in the shops at Wailea. Um, You know, I started that with uh, Sheldon Simeon, a great, great chef. Um, He has transitioned uh, to his tin roof and um, we have a new, a new chef over there. Um, and we're constantly experimenting with the menus. Uh, it's That's also doing well. Um, whether I open another restaurant, mm, that remains to be seen, I think. It's it's a different kind of business. Um, but the concepts of what we produce in the restaurant, uh, if we can uh, transfer that to some of the more grab-and-go products uh, in our stores, um, I think that will help our business. Um, We always sort of work in, in, I would say, we're not real comfortable and we never get comfortable in our business. Uh, Once you get comfortable, then I think you go backwards. Mm -hmm. So you got to keep innovating, you got to keep taking risks, calculated risks, of course, Uh, and you're always slightly uncomfortable. Um, but that's a good thing that you need sort of that tension to, to, uh, keep the innovation going, to keep your business going. And so, yeah, it's worked so far. Although probably a little more tension than any of us wanted from 2020 to <laughs> now, but yeah, there you go. Was we've, tough. <laughs> we've all learned a lot. What do you think your parents would say today if they came into the stores and they looked and, and, and saw the change and the growth, but knew that the, the family, uh, the values were still there. What do you think they would say? Oh, probably, probably not good enough. <laughs> yeah, it's good, but not good enough. Uh, my, uh, <clears throat> I remember my father telling me, um, let's see, we had about 50 stores at the time. I was president and CEO. And he told me, well, you know, if I was in your shoes, 
I would have had a hundred. <laughs> so like, well, thanks a lot. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, you need those high bars, right? <laughs> well, you always need somebody. You always have a boss, right? Mm. And um, when you're at the when you're the the chief, uh, who is your boss, right? So I have to imagine uh, someone pushing me, and as and as long as I can do that imagination of somebody pushing me, then I will continue to strive to get better and better. What is your favorite thing to do to completely switch off and unwind from everything? Oh, hmm. Uh, probably uh, hobbies-wise, uh, golfing, uh, that helps, and uh, skiing. Uh, when, I'm, when I'm on the ski slope, I'm really not thinking about the business. Mm-hmm. So those are, those are my escapes. There you go. It's always so lovely to talk to you. I'm so happy to see you. And please know that there was lots of us thinking about you all the way through 2020. Thank you so much, Joe. <laughs> Equally love talking to you, too. Paul Kosasa is the president and CEO of ABC Stores. He's also the president of the Kosasa Foundation, a private charitable organization. You've been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii. All of our episodes are available on your favorite podcast apps, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the Chamber of Commerce website, cochawaii.org. If you've enjoyed today's interview, and I'm sure you have, subscribe, please, on your podcast app and leave a review because your reviews will encourage other people to listen and to help the business community to continue to thrive locally, nationally, and even globally. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. Join us next time for more stories of small business brought to you by Altrus.